It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, we, we joke all the time about Java, just Auburn being Auburn. I, <laughs> we saw that yesterday. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all those who celebrate. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us today. And Jay Ferg, it wouldn't be Auburn's kickoff to fall camp without just some crazy story happening, right? I mean, we, we yeah. I guess we should have seen this coming. Well, I mean, okay, a little bit, but also, like, stuff like this hasn't happened in a while around here. That's true. I mean, it is very minor, right? Totally. You know, when you, when you talk about, like, when you hear, like, ah, oh, player got arrested, it can be really rough. Yeah, right. Very, very minor situation here. But, yeah, I mean, like, I – I feel like this is like early 2010s kind of style Auburn stuff. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like. So if you're living under a rock, Auburn quarterback TJ Finley, I'm using air quotes here for folks that are just listening on audio, um, got arrested and um, everything's been taken care of. Really weird story where like he didn't know he was being pursued and got a, a ticket, but like I guess didn't realize it and then didn't pay it on time. And so then once he became aware of it, he handled it the correct way, turned himself in, paid what he needed to pay. And, and it's behind us now, but a distraction nonetheless, it, yeah. you hate it for TJ. Cause he had that really cool news not too long ago about, um, about the whole, uh, you know, Amazon NIL deal. And like, right. I hope it doesn't right. impact that at all, but I don't know. Like it, it seems like it's behind us. It seems like, uh, I mean, Brian Harson said as much. Does this mean anything, Justin? I, I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a, you know, maybe a little embarrassing for, for TJ Finley, sure. Finley and his family to kind of have to go through. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, a weird kind of like, you know, you, you hesitate to even call it like this big mistake or anything like that. But yeah, it was just, Something happened, and you got to take care of it and put it behind you. But, like, the way it gets – because of all the legal stuff around it, it's like when you see arrest for, you know, for evading the police, it's like, oh, it whoa, sounded – the headline yeah. was – and yeah. the headline wasn't wrong. It, it, that's right. what it was. Um, so more details had to come out over the – yeah, over the day. Yeah, so, yeah. like, nobody was clickbaiting. It wasn't incorrectly mm-hmm. reported or anything. It's just – it was no. a really unfortunate situation for TJ Finley. When I saw the headline, my heart sank. I was just like, no, come on, TJ. You got a chance to go back and, you know, fight for the job. And, you know, you had the Amazon thing with NIL and all that. I was like, come on, come on. But it seems yeah. like it's going to be okay. I, yeah, the way for- – you go ahead, yeah, Ferg. yeah, you were, you were, you were, I think you were about to say, Brian Harson right. asked about it. Hey, he's going to be out of practice. They're aware of it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just be one of those things that you just deal with. Um, but he's going to be out of practice. It, the funny, funny story is so Thursday they had um, media availability, and we talked to both the coordinators and, and Harson, which we'll obviously talk about here in a moment. But right. as I'm walking into the complex, 
is the moment TJ Finley got to the complex. Oh yeah. And so it was just like one of those things where it was like, Oh, he's not in trouble. He's right here. Like <laughs> it was one of those things where you were like, okay, all right. So, and then when Harson just said, yeah, he's going to be practicing. It's like, yeah, we're done here. Like it's, it's, you know, yeah. again, I'm sure kind of the negative pub. I, I, it feels like Finley is, is like trying to combat some of that negative public, which I get, which I, which I understand. Um, but it's just like, yeah, this thing will die. This will, you know, the news cycle about it like lasted like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people will poke fun at it and be like, oh, it's Auburn or all Nah, it's just, you know, something minor that happens. And, and uh, you know, I think everybody will move on from it. Right. Yeah, everybody put out their story about the initial news. And then everybody put out the story of his lawyer's statement and like, Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just a, a traffic yeah. thing. And then the, and then Auburn police released a thing of like their mm-hmm. version of the events. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just it, the time, the, the way it kind of sounded to me is like, hey, he was driving through without a helmet on. Right. On, on, on the moped. Cop turned his lights on. He kept going. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was, it seems to be a situation where the, you know, he, he went back to get it or something like that. So that's where the second count comes in. And it's like, Hey man, you got a warrant out because you know <laughs> you went away from a cop that was trying to pull you over, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well now go take care of it, and you know, it seems to be pretty pretty easy. Yeah, had several people DM me and DM the show pages on social and, and all that, saying like, oh, well that you know the, the quarterback battle is decided. I do not think nah. that is true. I don't think it's true. If it I don't think it's any different than it was 24 hours ago. Um, no. Now, I'm kind of in the camp that, like, I don't know how much of a quarterback battle there actually is this fall. I'm still in right. that. I was in that camp before. I'm still in that right. camp now. But TJ's shot of winning the job did not increase or decrease, I don't think, because of all of this. TJ Finley doesn't win the starting quarterback job. I don't think this situation is going to have anything to do with it. Agreed. I think it's the best way to, best way to sum all of it. Agreed. Up. Now, I do think it answers the question of, which I've never asked myself this. Maybe you have Jay Ferg, but could TJ Finley fit on a moped because he's massive? <laughs> the answer <Yep>. is yes. <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you, the scooters that uh, Auburn athletes move, you know, travel around in. I mean, I've seen some big old dudes on them. Um, the basketball team uses them all the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and those things can fly. Mm-hmm. So I can understand where the helmet's kind of one of those things where. And again, it's sure. probably more of a motorcycle, motorbike, moped than. Like those, but those those little electric scooters they wheel around on campus. Those things can fly too. So I'm sure, I'm sure whatever the vehicle was, yeah, you can uh, you can make a <laughs> make some pretty good speed on. Yeah, they're carrying a lot of man with that too. So, but oh, no, props yeah. to TJ for handling it the right way and didn't go to social media to like instantly try to defend himself or anything like that. Like, props to him. I think I think he handled it the right way. Um, the way everything happened and a lot of Auburn fans said some really nasty stuff to him. So I hope. Um, yeah, I, I hope they yeah. rethink that. Uh, hopefully, I mean, you you you, you hope all that, but it's just yeah, just a minor thing, one of those kind of things. Like right. you don't want to. I, I don't even know if I necessarily want to call it like a college kid kind of thing, or it's just like yeah, you know, it's just Whatever. their side kind of paints it as like it was a misunderstanding. The police have been like, hey, you know, you know, we got to take care of this, and it's like, okay, all right, yeah, it's make, it's make done. It it's fine. It's... In the grand scheme of things, it's traffic violations. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, I think all of us have dealt with that in the past. We right. just weren't quarterbacks at, at, at a major university sure sure all right we're uh we're gonna put that behind us that probably won't ever be brought up on the show again but there we go that was a story so we needed to react to it but also brian harson and then the uh, key and schmetting 
Everybody spoke to the media yesterday. Some big picture takeaways coming up in just a moment. And a player that kept being brought up, and Justin Ferguson has written about this player a lot. We'll tell you who that is in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. But first, got to tell you about our friends at betonline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs and getting involved in the action. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, games, and more. The preseason for the NFL started last night. Yes, you can gamble and get in on the action for preseason. Do it. Do it. And the best place to do it is at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Jay Ferg. So uh, Donovan Kaufman mm-hmm. kept being, I mean, he, he was brought up by pretty much everybody yesterday. And f- coaching just kind of went out of their way to bring him up talking about how he has that professional approach to the game. You wrote about him a few weeks ago at the Auburn Observer uh, in a newsletter. It just kind of confirmed everything you've been saying about this guy. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of your key key players this year, a defensive back. They look at him as a leader, kind of the quarterback of the defense on yeah. that backside. Um, I think he's going to play a ton of nickel, which is very helpful because that will keep Nehemiah Pritchett mostly on the outside, which I think yes. is the best, best case scenario for all parties. You do wonder kind of about the depth at nickel, but yeah, that safety in certain situations, uh, he's going to be he's going to be your uh, your your kind of key man back there. I know guys like Smoke Monday and by Darius Knight and have more snaps. Zion Puckett also had more snaps than him last season. This, this dude's going to be one of the one of the key guys. They look at him as like I said, they look at him as a leader, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting. His versatility and his experience, I think, will go a long way for this for this defense. Right. So it's interesting. If he is going to be primarily at nickel, which is, I think, expected. I don't think it's a shock, but it is interesting right. what it does to the cornerback rotation. We assume Nehemiah Pritch is going to get a ton of snaps. Mm-hmm. Heard nothing but good things about DJ James. I'm, I think you're high on uh, Jalen Simpson as well. Uh, I, I certainly mm-hmm. am. That battle becomes more interesting to me if you do that. And mm-hmm. then also, the safety situation, like, that's not really decided yet either. So the fact that he's yeah. a, a nickel, you know, that's kind of the no man's land of guy that could be a, you know, you could put a corner or a safety there. That just makes those battles more interesting over the next few weeks. Yeah. And I would imagine that they will still use corners at nickel. Like, uh, yeah. you know, Jeff Schmetting mentioned JD Rim as a guy that could play there. Uh, guy, he mentioned Pritchett again. He mentioned like guys that corners that kick inside there. Uh, but yeah, it's that second, it's that safety spot with, Puckett that'll be very interesting to me to see. Craig McDonald makes a ton of sense there. Obviously, is uh, Iowa State guy that came in, played a ton uh, last season for Iowa State in a number of different positions. I think he's very similar. He's bigger. He's, he's definitely bigger. I think he's very similar versatility-wise to Adonis Kaufman. If you go back and watch him at Iowa State, played a lot in the slot, mm-hmm. played box safety, played free safety. So he's kind of a, a plug-him-anywhere uh, you know, kind of guy. And then also you got the number one ju- Juco safety in the country the, this past year, Marquise Gilbert, who right. was through spring ball. And then, you know, I, I would be surprised if any of these guys start. So keep that in mind. But, uh, you know, 
stranger things have happened. Um, the good springs for Caden Bridges and Caleb Wood. Like, how did they build off of them in fall camp? Um, and are those guys that you can count on this year? That'd be very interesting to see. I like Caden Bridges a lot. Uh, I like Caleb, I, I like Caleb Wooden as well. But mm-hmm. the thing with Caden Bridges is he. I'm going to say this, and people are going to be like, "What?" Uh, he he strikes me a lot like uh, like Seth Williams. And what I mean by that is this: this is a dude who was a multi-sport athlete in high school. He was really good at baseball as 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 football. You get that freshman year, you kind of get you know used to college football. Usually for those guys, those later bloomers, mm-hmm. those guys who spend a lot of time playing a lot of different sports. That second year when you are homed in on just one sport and one event and you know one position, basically, you can see them sh- shoot up. We saw that in Seth Williams' uh, sophomore year. There's been countless examples of that throughout the years at Auburn. Caden Bridges might not be a guy who starts because of that, but he's huge, yeah. and I really like the development potential he's got. No, that's interesting. That's an interesting comparison there. When they said J.D. Rim, did that surprise you at all? When's the last nope. time we've seen – it didn't surprise you. When's nope. the last time we've seen a freshman – be productive at the nickel spot. Who? Um, this is such a hard position to play. Ladarius Tennyson. I, yeah, like got in, got in there at nickel. Uh, his his. I'm trying to remember. But that was only like when, when Tut got hurt, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Tut was a freshman contributor at nickel as well. Wasn't yeah, Tut, Tut an outside guy first, and then they moved him inside? They moved. They moved guys around. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know because, like, when you think of nickel at Auburn, it's like guys that they moved. Mm-hmm. In there at time um you know rudy ford obviously running back before he became a nickel right um yeah no but like they like rim a lot and they should he was a really good prospect um and uh you know coming from uh, uh valdosta um you know great football pedigree uh yeah. coming in he got that spring ball to kind of get used to everything physical very physical uh type of guy who's known for his coverage ability but i go back into spring ball there were defensive linemen in spring ball that were like, yeah, this dude stuck somebody on a goal line stand. And we were like, whoa, like mm-hmm. for a freshman to do something like that. So yeah, man, if again, probably not a starter there, if he is a starter there and he can contribute, I mean, good gracious, you'll love that. You'll take that. But somebody can get, get some snaps there. Yeah. Especially with the way Auburn schedule set up where you can ease guys into it with, with the way everything is kind of laid out. Okay. Explain what happened to me with the Jeremiah Wright situation. Was okay. he was has he always been on defense since he moved back? Was that an error or was he actually on O line then moved back to D line again? So he is listed on the official roster as offensive line. That is not correct. Got that it. will be changed probably here in the near future. Yeah, he's back on defense. Now he was on offense in the spring. Mm-hmm. Then in the summer, had conversations, kind of a similar situation to the JJ Pegues thing from from a couple years back, where it's like you have that. You have that conversation, well, I guess, last year with Pegues. Uh, You have that conversation with him, and it's like, hey, man, you know, we both kind of think your future might be better. You know, both sides kind of felt like the future was better for him at defensive tackle uh, than offensive tackle. Interesting. It's an interesting move. Wright played a little more guard than tackle on offense, so, you know, maybe the future mm-hmm. is kind of a little bit more settled there than it is on the, you know, on the outside. But, yeah, defensive line, huge guy. Obviously – uh, was a guy that um, a lot of people liked on defense before he tore his ACL last year. Uh, so, yeah, Jeremiah Wright will be a defensive lineman, and, and, and according to Jeff Schmetting, is like, yeah, he's going to be in the middle for us. I would expect him to be kind of one of those guys they look at it knows because he is just gigantic, Yeah, at, uh, you know, for his age. Yeah. That, yeah, that defensive line room is just so fun to talk about. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you, you could list out two and a half, like, starting units where you're like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So this is how deep they are.
So, um, and then the offensive line situation. And yeah. When Brian Harson was asked about that, he was pretty. Um, he defended those guys. Talked about how, like you know, they really, yeah. they, they really, they really kind of beefed up, and you know, they did get, yeah, yeah. they they did get pushed around a little bit, and you know, he he wants folks, to, you know, he wants to be the, the the team that's pushing the other team around. So I I guess he did kind of call them out to to an extent there, but. He he said he said we've got guys like I like our dudes I, I think I think they there there were times last season where they looked good it's just we got to be a whole lot more consistent and we got to be a lot more physical yeah sounded like Jeff Pittman his pet project this summer was like all right you got to get it. And, and, and it makes sense this was something that um actually one of my readers brought up brought attention to me a couple of weeks ago and I hadn't thought about it yeah to hear Harson talk about it today made a lot of sense it's really kind of clicked it was like you gotta keep in mind when Gus Malzahn was your was your head coach. Your offensive line was not necessarily big, like they were big dudes, but like they weren't built to be like the biggest power power based yeah. guys in the world because you, you had to run a no huddle system. You had to get those guys moving. Now, if you're going to huddle and play a little bit more pro style, it's time to beat these guys back up again. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the way they have gone about it. They got to be more physical. They got to be more consistent. Yeah. I mean, Harson, yes, defended the guys, but then also was just like, yeah, we just got to figure out which five can play together consistently because what we have done to this point is like not good enough. Yeah. And, um, that's a, you know, every Auburn fan, uh, you know, on the planet was like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like they'll, that, they'll, that they'll is, that is true. Thing. That is true. The first name he brought up was Brandon council. The second name is the most interesting one to me. Yeah. A guy that I didn't think it, would be a starter this year, but Cam Stutz, man, everybody you talk the to summer of Cam Stutz. Yeah. This everybody talks about, Cam yeah, Cam Stutz. So that's interesting. And then I think the third one he mentioned was Keandre Jones, which yep. is not surprising at all. At so all. it's your best offensive line. Can all three of those guys start? I assume if you made all three of those guys start with Brahms staying, Castle's probably going to tackle right tackle. Probably right. Mm-hmm. With Zaire at left. Is that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, that, if Stutz is a starter, the whole thing can change. Like, I mean, I, I'm a hundred, I hundred percent believe. Like, if Stutz is one of your best five, yeah, I think you have Jones locked in at right guard probably, and then everything else could be could be moved around, right? And because then at that point you were dealing with guys. I mean, you just want consistency. You want guys that can kind of is Council deliver. guaranteed a starting spot? Do you think? I don't think anybody's guaranteed a starting spot. I. I don't think anybody is guaranteed. I think we have you don't our guys that. that are kind of. You don't mean I, that. Nick I, Brahms I, is right. Is there any way Nick Brahms doesn't start? I I would be surprised. Right. Yeah. I would be surprised. Him and I, I think him but and Keandre like I, I think those guys are yeah. starters. Yeah, but competition pretty much everywhere. Yeah, uh, is what Brian Hart says. Like I I honestly think like when you have seven or eight guys, it's like all right, let's find the best five and then then we'll deal with it there. Brahms makes sense because he has a ton of experience at center, right? Casual mm-hmm. Jones, again, like I think is right. So that's probably your two. But yeah, I'm not, again, nothing against Castle, nothing against Trazel, not even anything against Brahms. But it's a, a comment that I heard earlier today that kind of makes sense when it comes to Keandre Jones and Cam Stutz is like, okay, those three guys I just mentioned, six-year guys coming back, you would expect them to be starters. They all have pretty rough injury histories, Right. And the thing that Stutz and Jones have is that they've had clean bills of health in their in their careers, and like that could be an advantage. That could be. I'm not saying this is what's going to win them the job. Yeah. But when you hear about those guys kind of standing out, it's like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. 
these other guys have dealt with devastating knee injuries. And like, those aren't always the easiest things the world to come back from. You know, Austin Troxel and Nick Brahms were really good high school offensive linemen. They've had moments at Auburn where they've been really good offensive linemen, but it's, you know, there's been a lot counsel the same way. It's just the injuries. Like you've got to wonder if things start to pile up a little bit, but so when you, when all that kind of comes in, a guy like Stutz who has waited his time, right. And he has spent four years learning behind these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, a little bit fresher legs might be able to turn it loose a little bit in camp. Yeah. I, I think it's super interesting. I think it's very I, interesting. I said this earlier in the week, we did a best case scenario type thing for every position group. And for the offensive line, I said I wanted to see a bunch of different types of looks early in fall camp because they need to try as many different things as possible. It seems like that may be happening. And I'll say this also. With Cam Studs, it might be a situation where, no, the the usual suspects do start. You have, you know, say, Zaire, Council, Brahms, Jones, and Troxel from left to right this season. Okay. Okay. You still need Studs, right? Because what happens when somebody goes down? You got to have six, seven, and eight ready to roll. And if he's kind of emerged as a guy that's like, well, he's not a starter because you can only start five, mm-hmm. but he's starter quality. So he did because as we've seen, you're going to have a year or you're going to have times during the year where guys get hurt on the offensive line. It's just the most brutal position in the in the sport. Yeah. And keep in mind, Keandre Jones was the only offensive lineman for Auburn last season that started every game. That, like, this position chews you up. And so you need guys like Stutz, right? You need guys like Alec Jackson. And you need guys like, uh, uh, I think I'm blanking on it, Brandon Coffey. You need guys like yeah. that who are a little bit older like to be ready. And then if any of the younger guys can kind of step up with them, you yeah. know, you feel better about the situation. Yeah, like Garner Langlow or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. Tate Johnson. Totally. Uh, you know, yeah. Colby Smith, guys like that. Yeah, yep. for sure. No question about it. All right. We got some clarity on how a certain player will be used in 2022. There were questions on. And also, Coach Kiesel, um labeled one guy as potentially the most improved player in the entire offense. We will talk about that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. want to encourage folks to check out the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is uh, free to join. All you have to do is click the, uh, the link in the episode description down below, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast app. Justin Ferguson, before we move on to our final topics of the day, how can people sign up for the Auburn Observer? Listen, it's the best time ever, literally, to sign up for the Observer. I mean, we're going to have, by the time you're listening to this, we're listening to this on Friday morning, we're at practice observations Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. There's a brand new podcast you can listen to. Got a brand new podcast with our buddies uh, Pablo Escobarner on Twitter and uh, Dave McKinney. Awesome. They're going to be doing like a fan kind of focused podcast with Painter. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we've got basketball on Sunday. We've got basketball on Monday. There's going to be a ton of observations, a ton of newsletters, a ton of podcasts. Here's where here's where it gets gets interesting for you guys. If you've never subscribed to the Observer before, if, this, if you want to be a first time subscriber, throughout fall camp from now until week one of the college football season, you will get. 
the first year, your first year of the Observer for just $45 a year. Wow. $45. Not the 60. We're doing 25% off. It's the lowest deal we've ever offered. So $45 for your whole first year if you sign up anytime really between now and week one. So Huge. this is the perfect time to do it. There's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of newsletters. We're going to be cranking out a, a ton of stuff between basketball and football. So this is a great time to get on board. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up. You don't need a link. You don't need a code. You don't need anything like that. Just if you ever, whenever you try to subscribe, that $45 a year offer will be available to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost worth it just for fall camp. If I'm being honest with you, the- there's, there's going to be a ton of stuff. And then basketball, like we're, we're, I mean, I had all the observations from the yeah. first game. I plan on doing the same thing for game two and game three. Yep. Yeah. So be sure to check that out. AuburnObserver.com. It's that easy folks. All right. Uh, Joko Willis. We got it confirmed he's kind of doing that hybrid role thing. We speculated because of that one picture where the edge guys were yeah. with Coach Rock. Um, but, yeah, so he will be playing that hybrid role. So so that is, that is correct. Do you do you envision that being uh, – do you envision him spending more time there this season oh, yeah. than at linebacker? Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. He has kind of been the blitz specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes a ton of sense to put him out there like that. And it's like, hey, man, we – we need you to throw out there a few snaps and play edge rusher and just go pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. He is perfect for that role. I think so, too. You get, you get him, you have Marcus Bragg in now, and you're developing, uh, of course, Dylan Brooks uh, to, to be a guy to contribute this year. It's not the most it's not the most secure situation in the world, obviously, at edge. Uh, but if those guys stay healthy, you feel a lot better about that group now, especially if Joko can give you something. Yeah, I like Joko as the fourth edge guy. I'm cool with that. I think that's yeah, fine. Makes- yeah, and I think his I think his skill set is made for it. Might not be body wise the typical edge mm-hmm. rusher. Yeah, uh, but you know we've seen really good edge rushers or guys really be really good blitzers, really good sack guys without being big dudes. I mean there was you know I, I always go back to I, the one guy I always go back to when I talk about like little guys who can get after the quarterback. I always go back to Derwin James's uh, uh, career at Florida State. Interesting, kind of how they used him early on. A, I mean, because it was just like, we will put you anywhere, brother. <laughs> just yeah. go get somebody. Yeah, you're too good um, so not to I be think on Joko's the field. Got some yeah. of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and you, you talk about like the value of a roster spot, though, right, Jay Ferg? I mean, he, yeah. he may be the fourth edge guy, he may be the fourth or fifth linebacker, and mm-hmm. he's a pretty good special teams player. Like, that's a like, great special teams player. Y- y- yeah. You don't get a lot of like recognition, but like the coaching staff probably loves Joko Willis because he makes the team oh, yeah. better. Yeah, and I think that linebacker spot's going to be really interesting. Obviously, Owen's your guy. He's the alpha there at the position. Cam Riley and Westwick Steiner are like this when it comes to uh, what people are talking about him this offseason. Hearing a little bit more, um, you know, uh, about some other guys kind of making that that step up at, at linebacker. Eugene Asante. Yeah, you, you got to bring the, him you, up. Yep. Yeah, you got the Eugene Asante thing. Also, uh, you know, Harson brought it up, missed – Good stretches of the spring, yeah. Um, uh, with with his father passing away, I had no you know, idea so from that. That's that's terrible. Had no idea. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody really did. Um, so, but they seem pretty uh, uh, pretty happy with the progress he's made over the summer. Desmond Tisdall's getting a little bit more buzz about him now. Mm-hmm. And then you've got guys like Ro- a guy like Robert Woodyard who is you know coming in. It's like, yeah, it might be hard to play year one as a as an inside linebacker in the SEC, but could you find a role? Yeah, why not? You were one right. of the best best players. You were the best player Auburn signed in this class, and Alabama wanted you. So, you got talent, kid. Yep, no question about it. All right, and then the the last thing, Coach Keysal, when uh, when talking about uh, Tavares Dawson, he said he might be the most improved young player in the yes. entire offense. We saw him, and, and I think I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. Like, if you knew nothing 
about Auburn football and watched Auburn's A-Day game from this year, I think you would walk away from that being like, okay, Tavares Dawson's the number one receiver in the offense. That, mm-hmm. that, that's just what it looked like. How much does that matter? I don't know. It's A-Day. But it sounds like there's some real, some real interest and some real excitement around him. Yeah, no, this is... I mean, he is the official Auburn Observer breakout pick of the year on, on the offensive side of the ball. I'm okay. putting my putting my reputation on his shoulders. It's great. It worked in the past for Boo Willow. Didn't work so great with Matthew Hill, but yeah, um, right. you know, so I, for, I Tavares, forgot all about Matthew Hill. I forgot Tavares, about him as a human. Tavares Dawson, don't let me down. Um, no, it, he's he's so fast and he is got really good hands. He's just mm-hmm. a smooth like it's just again a little different, but it's like when you get those wide receivers that were like in high school, it's like, oh, you were the best guy on our team. You're going to do everything for us. <laughs> and it's like, all right, now we need to make you into a wide receiver. I kill you're just going to be the, the best guy to give him that kind of training and that kind of guidance. I'm expecting big things out of him. Yeah. You, you've got Shed. You've got you know, Malcolm Johnson Jr. has got a lot of love uh, coming into the year. Obviously, Javarius Johnson, Coy Moore, those guys. Uh, but Big, big things, I think, it could be on the way for Tavares Dawson. And uh, as Kizal said, dude thought he was going to play early mm-hmm. in the year. Um, you know, I know there were some COVID and some issues there. Um, mid-year kind of hit that slump, and it just kind of feeling down. And things weren't going as expected. And then a light kind of switched on for him. And they say this 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 offseason has been huge for him. I, I think you, I think him and Lane and King are going to be guys that people are going to get really excited about this year. And he was a uh, he was a fall fling last year. I mean, everybody throughout fall oh, camp yeah. was really impressed with him. He just he just yeah. Didn't. And and from what and from what I've heard, it's just yeah, you had to kind of go into isolation with all the all the COVID protocol and stuff like that. And that it stinks. Just, it just kind of kind of held him back. Yeah. No, it's that's going to be a fun receiver room. Yeah, I think so too. Jay Ferg, one more time, quickly. How can people check everything out? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Click around there. Listen to our podcast. We've got free ones. We've got premium ones. You can read previews of all the newsletters on the site. And if you sign up, like I said, first year, $45, lowest price we've ever done. You can get that deal between now and the end of fall camp to get you ready for the start of the season. Yep, worth every penny, folks. Be sure to check that out, AuburnObserver.com. Hey, we may do another show on Saturday to uh, talk about Friday's practice, maybe even Saturday's practice. It depends what time I'm going out of town. Um later this week but yeah be be on the lookout for extra shows coming up on both on youtube and on audio Uh, but yeah follow all of my written work at auburn uh, auburndaily.com and you can follow me on twitter at z blackerby we will see you when we see you right here on locked on auburn hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.